This is the Adventure Sports Podcast brought to you by 180 TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 238, New Gear from Outdoor Retailer. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt Linville. Hey, today we are mixing things up a little bit. This is not our standard format show. As you know, Travis and I went to Outdoor Retailer a couple of weeks ago, and while we were there, we interviewed a variety of people who had some innovative products for the Adventure Sports community. And we tried to find products that had something new going on that you probably hadn't heard much about or something that was of particular interest. At Outdoor Retailer, there are over a thousand different outdoor companies represented. So it was kind of hard to narrow it down to just a handful. But we found some that we think will be interesting to you. And this is not our standard format. So for you new listeners, our standard format is that we interview amazing guests about their favorite adventure sports. But today, this is going to be product reviews. Product reviews with the people selling the products. So I'm going to give you a quick list so you know what's coming up and what to listen for of the companies and products that we're going to talk about today. First, we have photovoltaics for backpacking with Core Third. Adam Anderson and Zach Smith share that with us. Jesse shares Hot Shots reusable heat packs. Slacker's Ninja Line is shared by Ed O'Brien and Brian Arnold. Joseph Watson tells us about canine sports sacks. Maggie Reibel talks about light gear design, tamper-proof packs and luggage with numinous packs. Matt talks about Campfire Defender. We have Elizabeth Sinclair sharing Oboe's hiking boots. We have Kind Clothing's Matt Langoria. Steve Sherry with Creek Cooler, Floating Coolers, Patrick Stern with Gibbons Slack Lines, and Michael Carrington, Cutting Weight Sauna Clothing. So each of these items has something unique to offer, and I wanted to give you the list so you would know what to expect. Once again, Travis will be here on Thursday with an Adventure Sports guest interview for you. But hopefully you'll enjoy these gear reviews. We had a fantastic time at Outdoor Retailer. Really enjoyed meeting so many people from the Adventure Sports Outdoors community. It was fantastic. Without further ado, on with the show. Okay, so I am standing at the booth at Outdoor Retailer of Core 3rd. And Core Third has photovoltaic solutions to keep your electronic devices charged up while you're backpacking and away from power. And this is a big deal to me because on the through hiking that I did last summer, what I took just really wasn't adequate. And I was very frustrated. So I saw what you guys have going on here, and I think, no, this would probably pull it off. So I'm here with Adam Anderson. Adam, what is your product here? So our product are ultralight, highly efficient solar cells. Uh, the niche we're trying to fill is just a lightweight solution for backpackers and outdoorsmen that want to be able to keep all their gear charged out in the uh, woods or in the wilderness, wherever they are. You know, it's something that they can rely on and it's going to keep them powered up. So what I've tried in the past was a battery pack that had a small photovoltaic array on it. And the photovoltaic array was just too small. 
Right. You know, I couldn't collect enough sunlight to keep the thing charged. Yeah. I got through, but just barely, and I said, this is not adequate. So what you guys have here are larger photovoltaic arrays that don't even have to have the battery pack. They can just charge directly real-time. Yeah, they connect direct line power. They're all 5-volt systems. Uh, that was important to us. So, like, the, your spot locator, if you're running one of those, you can just go with our lightest 7-watt uh, panel. It's only 6.5 ounces, and you can run uh, a spot locator direct just off straight line power. Very cool. So let's describe for our listeners the size of this. There are different options for different amounts of of power, but for backpacking where you're just trying to keep a maybe a cell phone and a GPS charged up, yeah. what would you recommend? I would recommend our 10 watt panel, which is about the size of um, about, about the size of a magazine. As far as it folds open, um, the front cover, and then you fold it open and it expands out. Uh, that's 11 ounces, and that'll push you out two amps, and that will keep you going. So 11 ounces gives you two amps. And so these things, it, it's kind of like a book. It can fold up and open up, yeah. so it's, it's more compact when you put it in your pack. And it's also pretty darn tough. What, is these, what are these things made out of? Yeah, so we're making these out of Hyperlon, which is, if you've ever been whitewater rafting or seen anybody in a hazmat suit, that's the exact same material. Um, we put carabiner holes in each corner so you can strap it to the back of your backpack while you're walking and be charging up one of our power banks or your gear uh, while you're on the go so you don't have to stop and it just uh, charges all day and then you can either charge your gear at night off of our batteries or when you're done hiking during the day your your phone or your camera is charged up. So I've, I've heard of systems like this but the problem is you end up in the shade and they start discharging your devices. Do you guys have that problem? Uh, we don't because we have circuitry built into our charge controller on each panel that will either cut off the flow of the circuit and it won't let the circuit um, drain your device. And if, what happens is if, you, if you're charging and you walk under shade and the power drops, our circuitry will stop the charging, and then once the uh, sunlight picks back up, it starts it up again. Right on. So that, that's what people need. So you also have some battery packs that you can attach to these so you can use a battery pack at night. So you don't have to charge real-time straight from the photovoltaic, right? No, and that's actually, uh, if you're doing like a long-range hike, like our 5,000 or 10,000 milliamp power banks are ideal. They're made out of uh, aircraft-grade aluminum. We went through, we stripped everything we could out of them and just got the best uh, lithium-ion cells we could get and the best charge controllers we can get. Both are 5-volt, 2-amp systems, and um, we'll charge all day, and then you can run, you can charge any of your 5-volt gear off that at night. So that'd be like a cell phone cameras that can charge direct via USB. Anything that you charge with a USB cable, you can charge off of direct on our panels or ultra-lightweight power banks. What's neat about the one that we were just talking about for backpacking is that in bright sunlight, the output on it is going to be the same as a cell phone charger output, yeah. standard plugged into the wall. That's, so that's pretty efficient. That's what we wanted to do with our 10-watt panel is we wanted to take that same charger that you get when you buy uh, a new phone, and we wanted to provide that for you anywhere you had sunlight. So... It's, it collects that energy from the sun and turns into that, that same charger. So you're getting the same two amps that I get out of my charger at home. Exactly. Which is really, really nice. So I don't want to belabor this too much, but you have several products on the wall here. Some of them are not backpacking sized. What are the applications no. for those? Well, we have the, so the largest one that you maybe would want to take backpacking is our 18-watt uh, panel. That's good if you're going to be maybe not hiking super far, but you're going to have a tablet or something that you want to keep going and keep charged when you're out in the field. Um, or some of the drones that you can charge off uh, USB is fine too. And then we also have larger 60 or 45, 60 watt, 120 uh, watt systems that we use for our 444 watt hour um, solar generators. 
those are ideal for like kind of a base camp situation or um, if you are car camping. You can charge those. Those are lithium, uh, LifePo 4 batteries, which is like the next generation in lithium-ion technology. It's super stable. That battery you can take on a plane. You never have to worry about it exploding. You can charge that up today at 100%. A year later, it'll be at 95%, 96%. Wow. So it doesn't lose any charge. And the other nice thing about the batteries in our larger solar generators is they have a $2,000 to $2,500 uh, $2, uh, lifetime charge cycle which is much more than a, a typical lithium-ion, which only has about 500 charge cycles. So how do they hold up to uh, the deep cycles when you discharge it way too much and then try to bring it back again? Uh, that's the other nice thing about the chemistry in those batteries. It's really stable, so you really have to be trying to damage the battery to, to do that. We have our first gen that we're showing here now. Um, there's uh, This is for some of our uh, government and institutional accounts, and then right now we're working on our Gen 2, which is going to be kind of geared more towards um you know setting up base camps or outdoorsmen so that'll be that'll be available later right now we're kind of focused more on the, the portable solar uh solutions okay okay i've switched here still talking to core third but now i'm talking to zach smith and zach smith has some neat stories about how this photovoltaic technology can be used in developing countries to help people out. And you just returned from Africa, yeah, right? I just got back last night straight from Salt Lake City. I was in um, uh, a place outside of Umahia, uh, Nigeria, southeast Nigeria, where actually uh, I own a hospital. I own and run a hospital along with my, my buddy James Emakwe, who was born and, and raised in uh, this real rural area in the Abom region of, of uh, Nigeria. And so we built this hospital in 2012 and have since then been serving 28 villages around our hospital. Wow. Um, a total of about 60,000 different people who have no access to medical care. Uh, and how Core Third really comes into it is Core Third was, was built around the concept of humanitarianism. I was on a, um, a medical aid mission with surgeons from George Washington University. Uh, we were working out of a Cessna 208 for a month going from, from Kenya, South Sudan, and Central African Republic, um, working off of batteries pretty much into to provide surgeries, mainly goiter and, and hernia surgeries, uh, to underserved people of southern Nigeria. And our systems failed, and it left me in the lurch. And I was... During surgeries? Oh, during, yeah, in the middle of things. I mean, it was... We had no lights at one point. I mean, it was... And this is like some really reputable companies that I thought that I trusted in and I I didn't want to be put in that position ever again so I came back um, had this idea I was a fire fireman at the time fireman paramedic and um, trained in, in assisting in surgeries and stuff um, and I I came back to the drawing board um, and had this idea of using the material that was in my hazmat suit as a fireman to laminate them between um, solar cells these um, and we came out with a pretty amazing product, um, and it seems like the rest of the industry is now following us. Though we are a small name, only been around for nine months, my concept came out about a year ago, and, and other companies have gra gravitated our direction. So I can see when you are doing medical procedures and things like that in yeah. developing countries that this is awesome, but what about the people in their homes? Are they able to use this technology there? They are, and, and Sub-Saharan Africa, I, I'd like to say, like, people have their own villages and stuff but they're a nomadic uh, person they're a lot like how um, your outdoor um, enthusiast person, your your van life person, your climber, your skier is too they're, 
you know, seasonally nomadic. They may have their, their village where they grew up in, but they work in the city half the year and they come back to their village or maybe they work in another village or another industry. So for them, taking their power with them is something that they want. They, I, everyone I introduced this constantly, these products to, like, was amazed. The fact that they could take their, their access to power with them. Uh, right now, most of Sub-Saharan Africa and uh, underserved portions of Asia uh, rely on national grids that um, are, are, are failing um, with age, and they're not being uh, invested in their infrastructure. So for people to have self-reliance, to instead of plugging into a national grid, they can use Core Third and plug into the sun with the same volume of power that's coming out of a wall, our, our USB outlets are, are two amps, 1.5 to 2 amps, the same thing you would be plugging into a wall. And we are only building products that, that will come out just as if you plug into a wall for USB right now. So, um, yeah, and when we're talking about our inverted products, we have the same thing. We're, we're carrying that inverted uh, power from DC to AC, just like plugging into a wall. So that's what we say we're plugging into the sun. Um, not only that, but we are subsidizing the sales in these underserved populations in Sub-Saharan Africa so that, it, that these products are accessible. So a family can have a battery for their hut, be able to put it on top of their thatched roof during the day and fold it up uh, at night and put it inside so it's not stolen. And that's what we see is, is there's a lot of solar over there, there's a lot of junk solar that's not made properly. Um, that's coming out of out of China or so the other places that, that aren't really building it to specifications without good quality control, uh, and and so there's this this misconception even in the even in the developing world about solar. So um, yeah, we're a brand that people can trust, and that's why we have partnerships now in Umahia, um, um, uh, Nigeria, and Meru, Kenya, where we're selling our products. Uh, and it, I just introduced it in, in uh, Umahia, Nigeria, and it is going gangbusters already. Um, I oh, can't that's wait. That's great. I really appreciate what you guys are doing cool. in the developing nations, and I love the applications for outdoor sports enthusiasts. How can people get in touch with you or find out more information, or if someone wants to buy one of these, how do they find you? Yeah, go to courtthird.com uh, or info at courtthird.com if you want to uh, send me an email. Um, we're definitely looking at getting into retail stores right now. That's where we're pushed. We're new, new to the space. Um, and we really are we are connecting the outdoor enthusiast, the climber, the skier, um, the thru-hiker with uh, the developing world. And there's going to be the synergy between the two that really we are the same person. Uh, we're getting back to our roots, our village roots. And what you guys don't know is you live the same way. And we're getting back to the core of who we are and relying on the energy that we need to rely on, and that is a natural energy uh, that comes from ourselves, comes from the sun, and repurposing that into good. And uh, it, there really is no better endeavor than that. So That's awesome. Zach, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, you got it. I'm here with Jesse. Jesse was with Hot Shots Reusable Heat Packs. Um, these are this is a cool product they came across yesterday, and 
to be honest, I even purchased my uh, myself one today because I like the idea of how those things work. So, Jesse, uh, fill us in on what Hot Shots is and how they work. Give us the, the benefits and the rundown. Sure, sure. So, our product is instant, portable, reusable heat packs. Every time you push a button inside of one of these things, it's going to crystallize and heat up to 130 degrees. It's going to happen in about 10 seconds. And we have six different sizes. So we got hand warmers, back straps, neck and shoulder wraps, face masks, stadium seat warmers. Eventually, they'll cool down to a solid. You put them in hot water, and that melts the crystals back to a liquid. Okay. Then you can just push that button again. And then it reactivates it. So reusable is the key. Because obviously we see a lot of these products that you pull out of a sack, you use one time, and you have to throw it in the trash. So the idea is you guys just um, boil it, turn it into liquid again, and you can use it over and over. Is there a, a life to this thing? How many times can we keep resetting this button? So so theoretically, this thing will just keep going forever. You can push this button a million times. So what happens is it'll, it'll keep going basically until you let somebody borrow it because then you never get it back. <laughs> um, don't stab it with the knife. Shoot it with the gun. Other than that, it's just, this thing's just going to keep going forever. Okay. So let's explain it a little bit for somebody just listening in. What is it you're holding in your hand? Just kind of describe what it is they would be holding in their so hand. So I got a, I got a hand warmer, you know, pocket size hand warmer. Um, so this thing, you know, put them in your pockets, warm your hands, take it with you. It's just ready to go. Whenever you want to activate it, there's a, it's like a gel pack. Uh, you, you can see there's a, a, you know, clear liquid in there, and there's a button floating around in there. And all you do is just press that button whenever you want to, the instant heat, and there it is. Okay. And then you reactivate uh, putting it in boiling water. Does it have to be boiling or just warm water, or is it just a matter of how quick or how quick So the hotter the water, the faster it's just going to melt those crystals back sure. to a liquid. So the so boil it, you're looking at like 5 to 10 minutes in boiling water. You're going to be brand new again, ready to push the button again. Okay. And I so I picked one of these up. I do, uh, do winter riding uh, on motorcycles. I'm always trying to find a good way to stay warm while I'm out there without spending a wad of cash. When I saw your product, I thought, this is pretty cool. So I bought the 8x12 rectangular version with the strap that basically keeps it on my torso. And my plan is to kind of put it on the front of myself. What other uses uh, do you see people using these for? What are the benefits of them? So our product is uh, real versatile. We actually market to a few different industries. Um, so it's it's actually a medical product first. You got neck and shoulder wraps. Mm-hmm. You got back straps for back pain, arthritis, poor circulation, carpal tunnel, uh, any ailment like that. Um, so we have arm and leg straps. So you can actually, you know, we have some straps. You can strap the, the sure. packs to you. But for your outdoor uses, you know, it's anything from camping, hunting, fishing, biking, boating, skiing, snowboarding, pretty much any outdoor activity. We've got a stadium seat that you can sit on. You can take that uh, camping, throw it in your sleeping bag, take it to the duck blind, deer blind. It's real good. Yeah, I like the stadium seat idea, actually, because it provides the comfort and the, the warmth that you need. So, yeah, that's good to know that it's a it's a medical thing at the same time. It's not just we look at a lot of these uh, heat packs and it's just thinking, well, you know, for use in the winter when I'm cold. But, yeah, you can use this year-round when you're you're actually having issues with muscles and whatnot. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing it with us. Um, reusableheat.com is the website, and we'll uh, put a link up to you guys on the episode. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, good talking to you, and uh, and enjoy your heat pack. Absolutely. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. All right, I'm here with the guys from Slacker's Ninja Line. I have Ed O'Brien and I have Brian Arnold, you guys may know from uh, American Ninja Warrior. So I was walking through the OR yesterday and I saw this thing 
And essentially, I'm going to give it a quick description. It's essentially um, uh, uh, entry set for for your backyard to set up a uh, uh, kind of a American Ninja Warrior obstacle course. I think these guys have a great idea. I think they're on to something really big. So all of you out there with kids who uh, are into American Ninja Warrior, you're going to want to listen up. So Ed, let's start with you. Um, give uh, Give our audience a little bit better rundown of what it is we're looking at here and what you have at the show. The, the Slackers Ninja line, there's two different kits you're looking at right now. One is a the intro kit. Both both kits are 36-foot slack line. It's a double-sewn slack line that clips in a carabiner so you can put different obstacles on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, each kit comes with seven different obstacles. The intro kit is basically a little less expensive, a little less pricey obstacles. Kids like it a little bit better, um, younger kids, but they're basically... It's something, again, you strap between two trees in your yard, and it makes a, a nice little obstacle course for your family. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we're not just talking kids here. No, I keep not. saying yeah. kids, and you keep saying kids, but the reality is it's a slack line. It's going to hold the weight of any adult that wants to do this, and it's not exactly a poor body workout, you know, to, uh, to be hanging for these things. So give me, so we're talking intro kit um, is the first thing you mentioned. So lay that out. We're talking slack line, and then what, um, what components come with that? It's, it comes with seven obstacles. And comes with three monkey fists, which are um, you know a little rope with a knot on the bottom. So yep. we call it monkey fists. Two gymnastics rings, and then two monkey bars. Two of the bars. Okay. So, and, and then, then you, you can add on the, the other two, items, the ropes, exactly, the actual. The rope. If you really want to add a rope, a climbing rope. It's a great training device in itself. It adds a lot of fun, but it's also a way to kind of set up the line about eight feet off the ground. It's a way to get up a few feet and let the kids work their way onto the line if they're new kids right. or it's just a it's just a fun obstacle in itself and normally i mean you're going to use a tree or i mean what do, what do people normally strap these things to trees to or using? even a play structure one maybe one tree one corner of a play structure okay um things like that post in the yard they can build you know drop a six by six post in the ground okay so people do actually set up a, a structure to hang it from if you yeah. don't have uh stuff already in your yard Okay, so we were talking about a modular setup. You, you, uh, we talked about the intro setup. So, what other things can you add? I see some uh, rope netting over a here. Car- a cargo net, uh, you can add to it. You can take that cargo net and actually make it to a ground obstacle. It comes with ground stakes, mm-hmm. so it's multi-purpose. Okay. Um, you also have a ladder, climbing ladder, which is a great accessory. We have a new wheel. Timers are coming out. We have a number of other skews, rock, uh, rock climbing holes that you can attach to a tree or inside your. Um, Basically, if you baseball. see it on the show. American Ninja Warrior, you can you, we we're coming out with it, yeah, so you can clip just, it on. Yeah. So if you want to do Cannonball right. Alley from the show, <laughs> like the thing that Kevin Bowles swings off of with his feet, right? You can you can hang that up too. Oh, very cool. All right, so that was Brian. So Brian, your relation uh, to Slack, uh, Slacker's Ninja Line, tell us about it. I mean, everybody knows you from American Ninja Warrior. Um, obviously, like I said, our kids absolutely love this. I mean, America is going crazy for this thing. Um, what can you tell us about the benefits of something like this in the, in the backyard for kids? Well, I ran into Slackers and, and Ed here because I was using their product to train with. Oh. Um, it, it works. That's why, that's, you know, that's why I, I endorse their line and stuff because I, I, I train with it. So, slack lines too. Yeah, so, and that's yeah, how right. I met them. I was doing the slack lines, and then I was posting videos of me slacklining. And so we hooked up, and then Ed told me about this product that he was coming out with. And I was like, that's brilliant. Right. Because I know in the, a lot of ninjas that are spending, like, thousands of dollars setting up a whole uh, structure to basically mount these uh, these monkey bars, you know, all the ninja holds on. Exactly, and, and you yeah. can do it in five to ten minutes. 
and way cheaper. So yeah, and you're still getting that workout. Yeah, you see, as you're watching American Ninja Warrior, you see some of the setups that these guys have uh, have built in their yards, and it's like, man, how much money did you sink into that contraption? You uh, know, just to train for this. Oh thing. yeah, there's guys out there spending thousands of dollars building entire structures, and I, I have I have a lot of these a lot of this stuff hanging actually in my house. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna fill my yard full, even though I, I'd like to. It's a lot of work, so right. this just makes it a lot easier. Right, very cool. All right, so last thing, um, if somebody is looking for something like this for their kids, how do they um, how do they find it? One, and what are they looking to spend to uh, retail to get started with the intro package? You know, we're it's available in, in many of the outdoor retail stores um, from Ella Bean, Cabela's, Bass Pro, those type of people to uh, specialty toy stores. Obviously, it's available on Amazon and our website. So um, the average kit, the intro kit, is a $99 retail kit, and it comes with a line and the seven obstacles. And then the pro kit's $149, and these other accessories, you know, are, are $20, $30 a piece on top of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, that seems like a reasonable entry price to uh, start to set your backyard up as a, as a American Ninja Warrior course. So, All right, and last thing, what's the website? Um, our website is slackersline.com. S-L-A-C-K-R-E-R-S-L-I-N-E.com or B4Adventure.com. Okay. All right. So if you guys want to go start setting up your backyard to uh, get your kids uh, training for the next American Ninja Warrior, then uh, check out Slacker's Ninja Line. they got some cool products here. So thanks, guys. I appreciate thanks it. Very much. Thanks, Travis. Okay. We are here today at Outdoor Retailer with Joseph Watson. And Joseph is going to talk to us a little bit about something that's pretty unique for adventurers. You know, big dogs tend to keep up. They hold their own in the woods pretty well, on the mountains, the bike trails, you name it. But the little dogs, not so much. And you have a solution so that people can do their adventures with their smaller pets, which is kind of cool. Very, very fun. So, Joseph, tell us about that. So we have created a backpack, uh, front forward-facing backpack dog carrier for uh, for small dogs. It, we've been in business for about three years, and about um, it was about five years ago when we found our dog in a dumpster. We named her Dumpster Daisy, and I decided that I wanted to take her for a bike ride. I bought a bike within a couple of weeks, and. Uh, I was riding the bike up and down the, the neighborhood, and she was nipping at my back tire, so I picked her up and tried to ride with her, and uh, I nearly killed us both, and so we stuffed her in a regular backpack, which didn't work, and um, so we we sort of, it evolved into this canine sports sack. It's the, it was, at the time, the very first forward-facing backpack dog carrier. Your dog basically hangs its head out the window of life, as you're riding along on your bike or when you're going on a hike. And um, I've taken my, my own dog on, on thousands of miles of bike rides, and whenever I pull the bag out, she gets all excited and, and crawls on top of the bag and, and absolutely loves it. So you have Daisy on your back right now. What kind of a dog is Daisy? Uh, we think that she's probably half Shih Tzu, half Yorkie. Uh, at least that's what the vet told us when we took her to, to get the DNA test. Looks about right. So this is a really cute thing, but it's not just cute. I think it's really functional, and I think that's what's so fun. But you see a, a guy walking. Let me describe what this looks like. A guy's walking along. He has on a small backpack, and there's a dog's head sticking up out of the back. So it looks like you have two heads, one dog and yourself, right? But this dog is happy because it's with you. Even in a crowded, crazy place like this, the dogs seem very, very peaceful, right? But what you're saying is you can mountain bike, you can road bike, you can hike, 
just about any time that you're going to be off in nature, you can take a dog that's actually a little bit small to go and, and just let it ride right on your back, kind of like a kangaroo in a pouch, huh? That's right. That's right. We, we could have called it the marsupial patch, I guess. The marsupial. Pouch, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've, we've had people that um, go rock climbing. We've had people that ride jet skis, any, anywhere that you want to take your dog. And, and even as basic as just going into a grocery store, we've had people who just want to take their dog with them wherever they go. And if you're going to walk around with a dog on a leash, it might knock things over in a grocery store or get tangled around a shopping cart. Some people just throw them in the, on their backs and go into grocery stores. And we've had people stop us and take pictures. We've had people stop us and, and ask us where we got the bag. And um, most of our customers do the same thing. They report to us, you know, we I went to the grocery store, went down to Lowe's or Walmart, and and uh, people stopped me to ask me where we got this this great backpack. It's very functional and it's, it's very comfortable and a lot of fun. Yeah, that is fun. So, how big of a dog can you get in one of these packs? Uh, we have put a, ba- a dog up to about forty five pounds. The biggest dog we have seen in the bag was an English bulldog. Uh, the dog did not look <laughs> super comfortable, but usually uh, about a corgi is about the biggest dog that we would recommend being put in the bag, a, a French bulldog. Um, and then we have an extra small that will hold a teacup Yorkie or little teeny tiny dog. So it, go, it ranges from an extra small to a large. And we are, in fact, working on an extra large size by customer request. We've had enough people who have asked for for a a larger size that we are working on but right now it'll hold a dog up to about 30 pounds is the biggest 30 pounds is a lot of dog to have on your back i can't imagine going bigger than that but it's very very fun so how long does it take your dog to get accustomed to being in the pack uh, it depends on the dog. Most dogs, they struggle their first time getting in the bag, um, but it acts psychologically, I guess, kind of like the, the thunder jacket where dogs are very anxious and then you wrap them up, you swaddle them in something, and they calm down. So most dogs think, this is a new experience, I don't know what's going on, and they kind of freak out, and then you put them in the bag. You've got them right next to you, the back of your neck. They can smell you. They are swaddled right up on your back, and 99.9% of dogs just ride very calmly on your back, and that happens the first time. So we have a dog at this show named Toby, and it's Toby's first time. And Toby's just very calmly riding along on on our salesman's back, and uh, he's just having a good old time. My dog's been been riding for about five years on my back, so she's used to it. But people always ask, how long did it take you to train her? I didn't. I put her in the bag, and she trained herself. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. So how can people find out more information, or where can they find your bags? Uh, We sell at caninesportsack.com. It's just the letter K, number nine, sport sack.com or you can look us up on instagram um, you can look us up on on twitter and we do sell on amazon.com we do have several stores throughout the united states that carry them and if you are looking for one in your area you just send us an email and let us know and we can uh, guide you to a store that's in your area where you can pick them up so i'm going to do a little bit more description it's not just a backpack so the backpacks are designed to be about the same length as a dog, and you also have pillows that can be inserted to adjust the length of the pack for the particular dog, right? But they also have some openings for their front legs to go through, and that's what makes it comfortable and holds them in place. And then at the top, it, it has a kind of a collar that'll cinch down to make sure that they stay where they're supposed to be. 
and the whole thing kind of gives them just a, a snuggly hug is what it looks like. Did I describe that correctly? Yes, you did. We actually went out and bought a front carrier, and it was just kind of an open-air front carrier, and my dog kept on jumping out. And so that's the that's where this kind of grew out of the necessity of keeping your dog um, kind of confined to a certain space. So their arms come out the front of the, the bag, and it holds them in place, and then their, their head comes out the top collar. And, and we've never had a dog get out of the bag in, in the entire time that we've been um, do, promoting and, and selling the canine sports sack. You know, our small dog... Um, isn't very good with strangers. Great dog, but just goes ballistic every time there's someone new around. And I could see how this would really help because it confines the dog and makes the dog feel safe at the same time. So I think that's another benefit to it for sure. Well, this is really, really cool. It's a lot of fun. I see people that are trying to do a hike with a smaller dog and never fails. They end up trying to carry the dog. And the dog is wobbling around and catches a scent of something and tries to jump out of your arms and that kind of stuff can create a problem. I've also heard an awful lot of hikers that don't like dogs much, and when they see dogs on the trail, then they get bent out of shape because they feel like people shouldn't take their dogs and expose them to, you know, the the dog on the trail. This solves that problem, too, because the dog is in a safe spot. And so I see just a ton of benefits to this. So, Joseph, thank you very much for your time. It's cool, man. Thank you very much. We appreciate you being here. Oh, you bet. Bentgate Mountaineering, located in Golden, Colorado, has been outfitting backcountry travelers for the last 20 years. Winter is in full swing, and it's prime time to check out the latest in alpine touring, telemark, NTN, and split boarding gear. Bentgate carries the premier brands, including Black Crows, DPS, Dinafit, G3, Icelandic, K2, Rocky Mountain Underground, Rosignol, Solomon, Voli, Never Summer, and Jones. With more people in the backcountry than ever, it's crucial to be prepared. Bentgate has the latest in avalanche safety gear from beacons to airbags. Come in and they will set you up with a proper gear and point you in the right direction to educate yourself on snow safety. If you don't own the gear, Bentgate offers a full range of rental and demo equipment, including the latest skis, boots, split boards, beacons, shovels, and probes. Bentgate also hosts free demo ski days at local resorts to give you a hands-on opportunity to ride the latest gear. Be sure to check bentgate.com for their full product selection as well as updates on all of their events. Phoenix Multisport is a sober, active community that supports individuals who are healing from substance use disorder by providing free programs to help them maintain their sobriety. A few of these programs include CrossFit, yoga, boxing, cycling, and rock climbing and are offered to anyone who is 48 hours clean and sober. Phoenix Multisport provides programs in Colorado, Orange County, California, and Boston, Massachusetts. For more information on this nonprofit, go to www.phoenixmultisport.org. Together, we can help individuals rise from the ashes of their addiction and heal families. Okay, Travis, back with Maggie Reibel. Um, Maggie's booth caught my attention uh, with these slash-proof packs, this luggage um, line that they have. We're going to go into the luggage line, 
and as I said, it, it captured my attention with these packs, but she was just introducing me to this whole line of light gear that um, that basically accessorizes the pack. So you have these packs, if you're out uh, doing some world travel, staying in hostels, um, you have your pack that's uh, tamper-proof, but in order to use that pack uh, efficiently, uh, this whole light gear line that, that she has, that she just introduced me to, makes complete sense. So... Maggie, first of all, let's start up. Uh, tell me about the packs themselves, who the company is, and how you're connected with them. We'll go into how it is they're laid out and designed and, and what the benefits of those are, and then we'll jump into the light gear lines. Great. Well, I met Jason, the founder of Numinous Packs out of London, through some mutual friends. Uh, he introduced me to this collection of bags that is perfect for ho- hosteling and adventure travel. We have cable locks, slash proof inner lining puncture-resistant zippers. They're just a, a great, affordable pack to to take wherever you want to go exploring in the world. So on the packs themselves, let's go into the, the details of it. So slash-proof, for starters. Um, to be able to take a knife and slash into a pack and just walk away with the, the goodies you want while nobody's looking. I mean, it could be a, a five-minute bathroom trip and all of a sudden your stuff is gone. So what makes these slash-proof? Exactly. I mean, you could be on the train and you nod off for a minute and somebody could take a take a razor blade to your pack. So what we did between the shell fabric and the lining fabric, we put a layer of this aramid fabric. It's it's a basically a Kevlar bulletproof fabric that lines it and it's very very difficult to you'd have to just saw on it for like 10 minutes to try to get into it really tough to get through. Okay, so the inner and the outer membranes are basically sandwiching this, this Kevlar-type fabric. And then um, why can't somebody just take the whole pack? Why can't they just walk off with it? Right. So we did, the next thing that we did was we added a, a cable system that retracts into a very small device on, mounted on the side of the bag. And this cable pulls out and you can wrap it around the pack and it can be attached to the bed you're sleeping in and the hostel you're on or, or on the rail in the train and it'll keep your bag safe. And then, of course, lastly, we put um, locks on the zippers. Yeah, so that was uh, that was one of the cool things I noticed yesterday is the zippers, when you close them up together, so the bag is zipped, you basically uh, lean the zipper toggle over into its own dedicated lock, and there's a, you know, it's a lock mechanism that they slip into, and the lock goes through the holes in the toggle, so that keeps people from being able to unzip the pack. The cable lock that's attached to the pack and not removable uh, can strap it onto, like we said, I mean, it could be a bike rack, it could be a, a bed rail, right. um, all kinds of things, you know, the post in a, uh, in a train seat, all kinds of things to keep people from being able to pick it, pick it up and walk away. And then we're talking slash-proof material. So it's really, I mean, a truly tamper-proof. It would be really hard to, uh, to get into this thing and, and make off with, uh, with people's good stuff. So, and an important thing to note is that the locking systems are combination locks, so you don't have to worry about losing a key. And the other thing is, is that they're TSA approved. So when you make that journey to and from where you're exploring and you have to check the bag, it's TSA approved. So they have the secret magic key that allows them to get in, make sure that there's nothing in there that uh, shouldn't be in there. Um, and then they lock it back up so that when you get it, everything is in place. And then lastly, the zipper 
uh, itself is puncture resistant. So somebody can't go into the zipper itself and try to go through that. So it's it's a it's a great little vault, and it's going to keep your products or your um, clothing and and all of your treasures safe. Right. I love the design. So that company is Numinous. It's N-U-M-I-N-O-U-S. It's Numinous Packs out of London. And you said you're the exclusive distributor in the United States. For this, yes. Correct? Yes, that's that's correct. Okay. Um, actually, you make a good point about the uh, the TSA locks. You know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm always walking around the house trying to figure out what I did with my TSA locks uh, the last time I traveled. <laughs> and this one, these are attached to it. You never have to worry about it. It's always there. Exactly. The just uh, as a side note, Jason, who invented this collection from the beginning, is a guy that during his university years would take the summer with his buddies, and they would go explore. They would pick a place to go exploring for three months. Uh, with a budget, whether it was $5 a day or $20 a day, and he learned the hard way on what can happen to you right. while you're doing oh, that. Man. So he's he's an authority on it, and then when he, he uh, finished university, he created this collection, and... Uh, and it's fantastic. Necessity is the mother of all inventions. Exactly. Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's move on to light gear then. Um, you were just explaining to me how light gear is a, a modular uh, system, essentially a way to organize this pack or any pack. Um, it's very light material, and uh, we're talking collapsible. I should say compressible packing cubes, yes. uh, as well as other items. So let's go into a, a little bit more about that. Right. So we felt like Numinous was the perfect complement to light gear. Uh, we have it's it's basically a system. We have some bigger bags that are more like luggage, and then we have accessories that keep you organized, pack tight, pack light. Our compressor cubes are uh, the perfect item for for packing in a suitcase or in the Numinous travel packs. Uh, you they're color coded, so you can get. Um, one in each color to keep yourself organized. They come in two sizes. And what we do is, you know, you may put your undergarments into the purple small one. You press it down and then you zip the zipper around so that it becomes half the size that it would have been. So you can pack it vertically. It keeps everything clean and organized and tidy. And then there's the larger one. Maybe you want to put your t-shirts in that. Maybe you pick a different color for that. So the compressor cubes are the perfect way not only to pack light and pack tight by compressing, but it also keeps you organized so you can open your pack and grab what you want instantly. We also have a clothesline that's basically a uh, braided bungee-type material with elastic straps on either end. So if you're camping, you go for a swim, you want to hang your clothes up, you can attach um, this clothesline to a tree or if you're you know you can in a hotel you can hang it in the bathroom so you can rinse out your clothes or use your swimming clothes hang them up dry them out we also have money belts and neck wallets that are you you can tuck away your money credit cards passports and they're rfid protected with this metallic fabric that again it's an inner lining inside and the outside is a very soft microfiber we also have a, a toiletry kit that hangs with a mirror, so wherever you are, you can, whether you're shaving or doing your hair, um, you have everything that's right at your fingertips and then can tuck away in your bag. And then lastly, we have this, this wonderful collection of city packs and city totes that are small, ultra-lightweight bags made out of microfiber 
that you can tuck away in your giant pack, but when you want to go exploring for the day, you can pull this little pack out, put your supplies for the day in there, and go on your adventure. It looks like those also have RFID protection inside as well. So as you're cruising around the city, you've left your tamper-proof pack back at the hostel. You don't have to worry about that. You have a lightweight pack to take with you. You're still protected out there as well with your RFID block. Exactly, exactly. And then finally, we have um, we have a what we call the compressor poncho. It, this poncho is waterproof. It has tape seams, a multi-adjustable articulated hood, and it folds up into this small pocket. And then you can wear it as a fanny pack, or you could just tuck it away in your other pack. Um, and the beauty of it is, you can also unsnap it and use it as a ground cover. So it's a really multi-purpose rain gear item that you can tuck away and right, right. use on, on the road. Well, all very cool stuff for the for the guy or girl that's out traveling the world and, like I said, staying in hostels, traveling on trains, as you mentioned. Um, just really good, innovative products, and uh, glad to see you guys out here with them. I hope you, uh, you have a great show and good luck. Well, thank you. Thanks for stopping by. We Our goal is to just make travel more accessible and and easier for every explorer. Out yeah, there. absolutely. And before I cut it off, uh, where do they go? What site do they go to, to see all these products? Okay, lightgearbags.com. That's L-I-T-E-G-E-A-R-B-A-G-S, lightgearbags.com. Very cool. Worth, worth checking out. So. All, right. all right, Maddie. Thanks so much. It was great to talk with it. you. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to get your contact information for my family. All right, this is Travis, and we're back with Matt from Campfire Defender. We were walking through the show yesterday and came across this thing, and, you know, at, at, at first I was trying to figure out what it was, but once I realized and talked to these guys, I realized there's a huge benefit in this product. It's something I haven't seen uh, yet before. I think these guys are on to something really big. So I'm going to have Matt uh, fill you guys in on what it does and what the benefits are for, for our uh, outdoors. Yeah, well, Campfire Defenders started, the idea started uh, actually a few years ago when uh, the four of us were four buddies from high school. We were on a camping trip, and it was pretty cold, and um, we had to sit around the fire, and time for bed, we had to put the fire out, so we were dumping, you know, all the water and stirring in the mud and everything, putting the fire out. It was messy, the smoke, the steam, ashes were coming up making a mess of things and someone said wouldn't it be nice if there was just something we could put over the fire to where we could keep all the coals and the embers in so it wouldn't start a fire but we'd also maintain those hot coals so in the morning all we had to do was just take the cover off and restart a fire exactly so the president of our company mark wolf um you know took that to heart and he started looking into it to see if there was any material out there or if there was any design where we could do such a thing and we came up with the campfire defender it's uh made with a uh, basically a silica fiber, uh, and it's bonded to silicone on the top. So it makes it fireproof up to 2,700 degrees, which is great because most campfires only burn about 15 to 1,700 degrees. Right. And the silicone topping on the top uh, keeps out all the elements. So any inclement, inclement weather comes through, fires, or I'm sorry, rain, snow, wind, it's going to protect that fire uh, and keep those coals hot. Yeah, it's got, so it's got two benefits. It keeps the uh, the fire out of the forest, but at the same time, it kind of maintains it for you while you want it to be maintained. The problem we have, we go car camping, is that we want to put our fire out, but then the next morning you have to deal with either a completely drenched fire and try to get a, a fire lit again, 
Um, or you lay awake at night, you're wondering if the fire went out completely. So your product basically preserves the fire for the next morning and keeps us from having to uh, lose sleep at night while wondering if those coals are going to reignite. Absolutely. For all intents and purposes, you could build one fire on your camping trip, manage it with the campfire defender, and not have to put it out again until you're going to leave that campsite. Right. So what about, uh, you know, the people that are, are um, into Leave No Trace, we talked a little bit about uh, leaving a, a campfire scar yesterday. So you guys were telling me that essentially a fire can be built on this thing if you really wanted to. That, that is absolutely correct. And, you know, we ha- we, we've talked to a lot of people at the show um, and we actually saw that there was a need for this out there, and uh, we can easily build something that will be similar to this, where you could place it on the bottom, build a fire on top of it, and uh, leave no trace of the fire behind. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. All right, so a little bit more about the the blanket itself. I'll call it a blanket. It looks like a, basically a, a flexible glass blanket, right? right. So size-wise, what are we talking? And I think you have two, two different options. We do. We have a standard version, which is basically for the campsite camper. That is 60 inches by 68 inches, and it comes in a kit where you have fire stakes, tent stakes, gloves, flashlight, comes in a canvas carrying bag. That's approximately uh, 16 pounds total. The cover itself is anywhere between 8 and 9 pounds. We also have a backpack version. We had some backpacker friends of ours tell us that uh, they wanted something smaller, something lighter that they could that they could take with them on long hikes. So we developed the ultralight version, which is a 30 by 34 inches. It's one quarter of the size of our standard Campfire Defender. The whole thing only weighs uh, 2.9 pounds. Okay, so yeah, 2.9 pounds isn't bad. I'm, I'm you know, to, to hike back in there and take 2.9 pounds, it's adding some weight to your pack, no doubt about that. We can't deny that. At the same time, the benefit that you get out of this thing is uh, pretty big because we have, a, you know, obviously an issue with forest fires, you know, constantly running rampant through the West. If we can control a few of those uh, here and there, that might do, go a long way to, uh, to helping us with that. Absolutely. So. All right, good deal. So Campfire Defender, and what's the website that they can go check They can go out? to www.campfiredefender.com. Perfect. All right, good one to look at, guys. Check it out. Thanks, All Matt. Right. Thanks, Matt. Hey, thank you, Travis. Appreciate really it. appreciate it. So I am now in the Oboes booth, and I'm talking about backpacking shoes and boots. And I really like some of the programs that you guys are telling me about. So I have Elizabeth Sinclair with me to explain why Oboes footwear, why that is the boot of choice for mountain climbing, for through hiking, and uh, also for the environment. Explain that program. Absolutely. So we have the Trees for the Future, um, where we plant um, a tree for every pair of shoes that we sell. Um, Again, we're partnered with Trees for the Future, and we've now planted over a million trees with them. Um, And that program, trees get planted in um, developing countries, countries that have seen um, natural disasters, um, areas that can use um, those resources um, locally for their economy. So continuing that partnership, and then here we also do um, one more tree event. So maybe in your local store, um, we'll come out. If you come out and try on a pair of bobos, you'll get a sapling um, of a tree that's native to your area, and you can plant that um, in your area to, um, again, just... 
you know, I think as much being in the hiking industry is as much as, you know, it's about um, features and tech specs. It's also just about being outside. Right. Well, I think that's very cool. So gives me a reason to buy an oboe shoe because a tree is going to get planted somewhere. Right. I like that. That's very, very cool. But what distinguishes oboes from other boots? Why would people select your brand if they're looking for a, a trail hiker? Sure. Um, so one huge um, feature of our boots is our insole. Um, it's actually now called our O-Fit um, insole. And it's what we found is when you go out to buy a hiking boot, you're investing time in trying them on, and you're investing a good amount of money to get a high-quality product. And then we found our customers were sometimes spending extra money to get an aftermarket insole that would you know, really fit their foot to give them that added um, comfort. So we wanted to alleviate that for our customers. So all of our shoes come with this insole. It has a really nice pronounced arch to it. It has um, a contoured heel cup, and it has extra padding under the heel and forefoot. And um, I would say in my years of working at Oboe's, um, customers really, really responded well to that. It um, really provides a ton of extra comfort. People sometimes don't even have to use their specialty orthotics in our shoes um, because the insole is, is so great. So for the listeners, I was playing with the insoles just a little bit ago, and it it actually is the same type of insole that you're going to buy fifty or you know spend fifty or sixty bucks on if you're trying to get a better insole for your shoe. What you're saying is it comes built into the shoe. You're going to get that quality when you buy the boot. You don't have to spend the extra sixty bucks to get that special insole. Right, and also just as an added perk is when you own Obos, at any point you feel. Um, you want to replace those insoles or your laces even, we will send you for free a replacement pair of the B-Fit insoles. All right, I can't beat that. That's very cool. So I'm looking at your product lineup here, and I'm seeing hundreds of different shoe styles and models and types, and you guys really have it. So how can people buy Oboe shoes? Um, so we um, we do not sell direct. We just um, try and you know support... Um, retailers, so we are in some bigger stores, you know, your your REI um, and stores like that. But um, we also do really try and work with local specialty dealers because you know, with hiking shoes, if you can get in a store and get sized well, then it's going to make the experience all the better. So I would really um, direct people to the website. We have a, a pretty extensive dealer locator where they can see what people have locally, and then. Um, soon we'll have a feature where you, you can even have more of an insight to what your local store actually has in stock, the styles they have in stock at that time. So um, that'll be available in a couple months as we're doing that upgrade, but um, that's going to be the, the best way to start. Or just give us a call, <laughs> customer service, we can help you as well. Well, right on. You know, the reason I'm interviewing you instead of some of the other footwear companies around here is because you do have the distinctives of planting a tree, right? This type of an insole, this type of customer service, I, I can buy into that. So, anyway, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for stopping by and enjoy chatting with you. Well, all right. I stopped by the booth of Kind Clothing, and I'm talking to Matt Longoria. Um, Kind Clothing's got some cool sunglasses here. They're bamboos. I don't know if you guys have ever come across bamboo sunglasses. I haven't, but these are pretty cool. They've got some good designs and good benefits. So I'm going to let Matt fill you, fill you guys in on uh, what we're looking at here, what they have to offer. 
Well, we um, have started with one frame, um, three lens colors, and we're down to now about 130 combinations. So for us, it's turned into a passion early on. Um, so what really got us going in bamboo at first was I saw all of the sustainability aspects of it. Um, it produces up to 30% more oxygen than a tree. It consumes up to about 30% more carbon dioxide than a tree. It strengthens the soil through its roots, um, prevents topsoil. Um, so it's just one of those things that is more beneficial to the planet to use and, and to to show people um, the many product uses for it. So one of the things that we were really passionate about, um, since I have hypersensitive eyes, is eyewear. You know, there's always people that are shoe guys or hat guys. We have been sunglasses guys since the beginning. Yeah. So it really made sense for us. Uh, that and I really just kind of got tired of losing too many pairs off the boat slip or out in the water and things like that. So it kind of all just started from an idea that way. Um, and we just kept building on a brand to um, to where we are now. Very cool. So tell me some of the uh, the designs that we're looking at, the inspiration, uh, how they're made. Because these aren't just you know all machine cut and stamped out. Um, there's some time and craftsmanship that goes into these. Correct. There is a lot of processes that we kind of have to go through to start from the raw bamboo. Um, so. They have a, a process that we do is um, CNC work, um, and then from there it's laser etched with the logos. Um, from that point, and everything gets hand finished. Um, so whether that be hand sanding, um, the hand eco stains that we apply, they're all water-based, eco-friendly, okay. um, and the fitment and everything is, is all done by hand. So some of the frames that we do, we offer a stain, um, say like called black sand, to where they all start off with the natural bamboo, and we stain it from there, and then will hand sand some spots to make a worn kind of look um, so it just allows the natural bamboo underneath to kind of show through a little bit so they don't just look like a plastic black glasses um, we kind of want to separate ourselves as much as we can from the plastic glasses because you know to us that's what's wrong with the industry that's the change that needs to be made because you know there's too many petroleum-based products that find their way to the bottoms of the oceans and the rivers and the lakes and that stuff doesn't go anywhere it just breaks down and gets into our food system and affects our waters so something we're really passionate about so that's why we don't usually like to tend to just uh, do a whole black stain you know because we like somebody to to stop someone else that's wearing them and kind of ask and inquire and, and maybe they get educated about bamboo themselves so yeah, exactly. Well, you've taught me a lot about bamboo itself. You know, here I am thinking it's a, uh, a quickly replenished uh, resource, you know, and maybe this is why we can use it because we're not uh, taking from other resources like using petroleum. But the fact that it does what it does for the soils, like you mentioned, um, makes it a neat material to use in that sense. So you called the company Kind Clothing. Is that to allude right. to uh, a future of shirts and, and, and other items? Or yeah, gonna... we actually we do a full line of clothing. Um, we just can't really showcase it in our <laughs> 10 by 10 area we have okay, at the cool. show. Um, so the shirt I'm wearing actually underneath is, is one of our bamboo shirts. It's a screen printed design. Mm-hmm. We do limited edition print runs. Um, so we kind of focus a lot on the artwork and that unique kind of one-of-a-kind um, idea for us. That's why we do hand pyrography woodburn designs, and we also do some laser etch artwork on the sides of the temples and on the bamboo stash box cases themselves. Um, and again, that's just us. That's just the two owners basically letting their styles come out through the company. Um, we like creating eyewear that just you know stands out a little bit and has that own unique personal flair 
Um, and we've had a lot of, of love and support because of that. You know, people really appreciate that it's not just a dime a dozen product and looks like everything else. Yeah, they're definitely unique. All right, so the website is kindclothing.com, and it's K-Y-N-D for kind. So go check it out. Matt, thanks for your time. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, I'm here with Steve Cherry. Uh, he's from Creek Cooler Floating Cooler. So he's going to tell us a little bit about what they have here and what it does for us. So, yeah. Steve, hi. Yeah, well, we, uh, you know, being in, uh, in northwest Arkansas, we have a lot, a lot of rivers and creeks, and a lot of us are avid floaters and kayakers. And we've, we've always noticed that, that uh, a lot of people in the canoes, when they flip over, they have lost all their drinks, they've lost their sandwiches, right. you know, they've lost their car keys. So we felt the need for, you know, what, what we can do about that. Well, we came up with a floating cooler, you know. And actually when we did the design and needed the capacity of it, it actually wound up looking like a kayak. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's that that one of the initial <laughs> reasons, but it actually did. So what we've come up with and one of the things that we decided was we've, we have designed it and made the capacity so that you could put 30, 30 12-ounce cans in it. And 20 pounds of ice. Soda cans, of course. Soda cans, of course, <laughs> soda cans, okay? All right. So that's our capacity. It has, we're up to 60 hours of ice retention. Okay, that. that's a lot. Yes, and then it has a, it's a, has a one-eighth turn patent lid. So if you're reaching down out of your canoe, you don't have to, so it's just a one-handed Right, so it's quick access, and yes. what we're looking at here is basically uh, if you had a, uh, a sealed, a watertight lid on a kayak, we're talking about a very similar cap. Yes. So it's yes. just a, a quick yes. cap. So and we, access and we've was... got, we've had lots of floaters use this for dry storage too. Yep, because it is watertight. Okay, and this is about uh, what a ten inch opening yes. to get exactly. to gain access. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got uh, ninety thousandths of wall thickness in both the deck and the hull, and an inch to two inches of foam. Okay, insulation. so the foam so, insulation is blown in between yes, both, exactly. uh, both panels of the actual hull. On the deck and the hull. That provides, not only does, does it provide good ice retention, it also provides a good sturdiness when you're going, going through the rocks and the submerged logs, etc. when you're floating. Right, so, right. So. Okay. So they come in one size, is that right? They come in one size, yes. Okay. It's a 30-quart. We've got four different colors. We've got red, white, and blue, and we have a tan. Okay. Skew as well. Okay, so this is uh, essentially, if you imagine a mini kayak, we're talking about 36 inches long and 40 by 22 by 11. All right. And it's not just cold storage. Like you said, it's dry storage as well. So if you want to tow extra gear that maybe you don't want inside your kayak, uh, can't fit in kayak, or you don't want to take a on board in your canoe, you can take this with you. You know, uh, we've got guys that got cut with it. They put all their stuff in it and, you know, pull it through the marsh. But since it's easy, so easy to tow... Not only in the water, but it's, it's easy to tow on on the beach, right? Because uh, we've got so drag up the, yeah. The, well, we've got we've got reinforced runners systems through here, so that it tow that helps with its floatability and it helps in the water, but it also tracks through the beach yeah. too. So it's not passing it's, you down. So the it's river. easy to drag through the sand. So if you want to have it as a cooler on the beach. You know, it's impossible to drag one with the wheels through. Oh, yeah. This is just dragged right through the sand. And it's a tough hull. You're saying, what was the thickness on the hull again? It's 90,000. 90,000. And then you've also got an inch or two inches of insulation that also 
help right. with the students. Yeah, you're not going to hurt this thing. No. Okay, so what do they retail for? The MSRP. The MSRP is 179 Okay. And the uh, minimum advertised price is 149 Okay. And then where do people find it? If they want to go to website and... Right now, right now we're, at, we're at Amazon, Amazon.com, or our website. Uh, but we're... Because of the show and some other accounts, it will soon be like at an academy store or a sportsman's yeah. warehouse. A lot of the retail stores will will pick it up in March. So. Okay. And we have availability now. Okay. And there is a website, the Canooler Products. Is that showing yes. it as well? Canoolerproducts.com. Okay. So it's K-A-N-O-O-L-E-R products.com. Okay. Well, hopefully people go out and check this thing out. Okay. Yeah, well, thanks cool. a lot. Appreciate it, Travis. Steve, Come thanks by. for your time. Thank you. Take care. Okay, I'm here with Patrick Stern, and the company is Gibbon Slacklines. Slacklining is a ton of fun. If you haven't tried it, you need to, and it's also very healthy, but I'm going to let Patrick tell us about that. So, Patrick, why should people slackline? Hi there. Yeah, we believe that everyone should slackline because slackline is just so good for your balance and your core muscles. So if you look at it like a, a fun sport, that's one thing, but basically what it does is it benefits through the core muscle training to any other sports we have so many golfers surfers skaters skiers or you name the sport we have when they just train on a slackline that's one thing and the other thing is like how i got into slacklining was after a surgery of my knee my physiotherapist told me after we're done with the uh, rehabilitation uh, here in the praxis you have to go and get onto a slackline and train yourself and I did, and I got hooked, and I tell you, my knees and my legs are stronger than before the accident. In today's world, too many people are sedentary. We sit at a desk a lot, sit in a car a lot, or even stand without moving too much. And uh, the benefits of having an unstable surface to balance on are vast. And that's what you're describing here. So if someone doesn't know what a slack line is, you've got a, a piece of webbing that you string between two anchor points, fairly low to the ground. You don't have to be high up. And the idea is you're trying to balance on it, but it is moving all over the place, back and forth. And, of course, the amount of tension you put on it adjusts how much movement you get and that sort of thing. But because it creates that unstable balance surface, then you're firing all of the muscles in your body that are necessary to stabilize your core to stay balanced, it's good for your back. I mean, it's good for everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you look at our daily lives, we're always sitting or we're holding on to a handrail. Like, we have these little helpers everywhere to make our lives easier. But what it does, it does make it easier for the moment, but it makes it more complicated if you look at our whole life because you just get more and more tiring and, and kind of lazy and our muscles and our body, um, everything it does that. But that's not good. So you have to challenge yourself. And being on a slackline is the actual challenge what you need back in our daily lives. That's very cool. So why should someone consider Gibbon slacklines if they want to get into slacklining? <laughs> um, for, for once, because I'm working for this awesome company. <laughs> and second is um, we, we came up with the idea of slacklining as a simple product, a two-piece product, over 10 years ago. And that having having the 10 years of experience kind of puts us in a situation that we know a lot about the product and the industry and the other thing is that we have over 10 sponsored athletes 
which are, I would say, 10 uh, human beings who created a life and a lifestyle around slacklining. And we support them since the first hour. And they support us. And I don't know, I, I believe that's almost enough for, for saying given is worth to, to go for that. Yeah, that's awesome. So slacklining as a sport is growing and people are always pushing the envelope. So what's happening recently that would, might be noteworthy about slacklining in adventure sports? Yeah, at the moment we see that people want to do slacklining without trees. So we did a little Google search, what people type in, and it's definitely slacklining without trees, which is the biggest search term over the internet. So that's why we come up with two new products and put a lot of development into those two products. It's a slack rack, which is a self-supporting uh, indoor slackline frame for fitness. And the other product is an independence kit, we call it, which is a slackline set. You drill two heavy ground screws into the earth and support it with A-frames. And then you create your own slackline setup without trees. So that comes back to our vision, slacklining for everyone and everywhere. That's very, very cool. So you don't have to have two appropriate trees the right distance apart. Now you can do it anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. I love it. Well, I like what you guys have going. I think slacklining is a ton of fun. My family and I do that. And, uh, you know, I had a back injury a few years ago, and the benefits are obvious. You know, you spend five minutes even just trying to slackline. You feel all of those muscle groups, get a nice workout, and it's really, really cool. Thanks for your time today, man. Thank you, too. And have a great show. All right, I'm here with Michael Carrington with Cutting Weight Sauna Clothing. Um, Michael, sauna clothing doesn't mean a lot to people, I think, that don't know anything about what sure. this does. But when I saw it, I, uh, I talked to you guys and, and got a rundown of the benefits, and I was pretty intrigued with this. So I think people in the adventure sports world would uh, like to hear about your product. So yeah, great. Uh, give them the rundown, let them know what it is that we're talking about, you know, the sure. clothing, like it, uh, what it is, and then uh, what the benefits are to wearing uh, clothing when you're working out like this. Yeah, absolutely. So our cutting weight uh, sauna suit clothing, it's made out of neoprene, which is a heat retention material, and uh, it has a few different benefits. The first one is uh, short-term water weight loss, Okay. and the reason that works is because, um, like I said, it's a heat retention material, so it heats up your core body temperature, makes you sweat more. You can work out for 30 to 45 minutes and lose up to 5 to 10 pounds worth of water weight. Uh, the second major benefit is long-term weight loss. And how that works is, again, with the increased body temperature, it increases your metabolism and then helps you burn more calories. Um, and then over time, you can shed that shed that fat that you're trying to get rid of. Okay. So I imagine, I mean, we're out of Colorado, and uh, Utah is pretty dry. Yeah. And I imagine climates like we have, and this is a real benefit because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's actually kind of hard to shed that, that water while you're out in a dry climate. So I imagine yeah. there's a huge benefit up here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the neoprene is such a great heat retention material, like I said. You can wear it as a base layer. You can wear it for walking, running. Uh, if you want to, you know, heat up your muscles, uh, help, you know, help uh, with your joint flexibility, all that stuff. It's really a universal product for any type of physical activity. Okay. Um, so, yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about what it, what the articles of clothing you have here. You pretty much have everything to cover every part of your body from what I see. Maybe not socks, but... <laughs> yeah, we, we do. Yeah, I mean, we have a full line of uh, men's and women's products, uh, short sleeve uh, shirts, long sleeve shirts, pants... Tank tops, uh, shorts, hats, uh, pretty much full product line. Okay, very cool. All 
All right, and what's the website people need to go check out to see what you guys are all about? Yeah, you can check us out at cuttingweight.com and cutting is spelled the K. K-U-T-T-I-N-G. All right, yeah. good deal, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for your time. Right, appreciate it. Care. Yeah, thank you. And that wraps up today's show. Thank you for listening. Hopefully some of those products were interesting. Make sure you let the people know that you heard about them at the Adventure Sports Podcast. Of course, we have links to all of these companies in the show notes at adventuresportspodcast.com. And we look forward to seeing you again on Thursday, where Travis will be interviewing another amazing adventure sports enthusiast. Take care. Take care.